And I knew I can succeed. And I wanted it. So I pushed my life into this. Like, ne uh, besides having a family, besides having a, a regular job, I just invested all my time next to it into, into wrestling. And I'm very happy that I succeeded with this. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. Of course, it's called Out of Character with Ryan Satin. Why wouldn't I be here hosting the show? This week on the podcast, I am so pumped about the guest. Because when I do these podcasts, for me, I like to... The whole point of this show is to learn more about the people that I'm interviewing. Get a different side of these characters that we see on TV each week. That's literally the point of the show. I said it in the trailer when I launched it. And uh, this week on the show, we got Ilya Dragunov. And I don't think that most of the fan base knows what Ilya Dragunov is like off camera. Uh, we see him on screen every week being this super intense guy in NXT. Uh, but he's a pretty deep dude. And I was really excited to get him here on the podcast this week. Very different than the other guests that I have had uh, so I think you guys are really going to like this podcast. I think you guys are going to like our conversation very much. But before that, before we get into our conversation, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're part of the YouTube audience, do me a solid and go subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on. Now, the reason I say that is because I'm doing other shows there that aren't here on YouTube. Yes, this show, I love you watching on YouTube. I appreciate you watching on YouTube. You rock for watching on YouTube, for being subscribed to the YouTube channel. Killing it. Love you. But if you're not subscribed to the podcast feed, you're missing out on the Raw and SmackDown roundups that I do every week. And I'm putting the time and effort into those after each episode of Raw and SmackDown to break the whole thing down segment by segment, giving you my thoughts on everything that happens. So do me a favor. If you're only watching, if you're only a watcher, on YouTube, pick up the phone. I know it's near you. It's 2023. You have a phone near you. Pick it up and go subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed. All right, let's get to my conversation with Ilya Dragunov. Ilya Dragunov, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it very much. How you doing over there? I'm doing well. Good day, Ryan. So I want to start this off. I want to start this off asking you what I ask everyone else on the show, and that's how much of your real, true self is there in the character that you play on TV. This is a, that is actually a funny question because I think uh, the name of this of this content is like quite fitting because out of character I don't think that there's any moment in my life where I am ever out of character. So to answer your question, it's actually one hundred percent me. What you see on screen. So then, how would you describe your personality? I think uh, to be very honest, I'm a very unbalanced person. <laughs> So there is either one side or completely the opposite. So I'm kind of like extreme and everything I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm very ambitious in what I'm doing. I'm always going all in, all disciplines on what I'm doing. And uh, I express it like in every part of my life. If I'm into something, I'm really into something. And there's no way I ever do things just with half the energy, with half the effort, I put all the effort in. So there are moments in my life where I get really, really tired. <laughs> because to keep up that pace, uh, 24-7, it, um, it is exhausting. But it's the way I feel life the most. It's the way I feel myself the most. And that's the only way I can live. Well, since, since you say that, what do you like to do in your free time besides wrestling? Like, what are you all in on right now? Like, what are the things that you're actually super interested in right now that don't involve wrestling? I mean, I, it's hard to say because actually I think my whole life resolves around, resolves around wrestling because um, everything I do in my free time is kind of like doing things that keep me being inspired. Like, I like to meditate. And I, I like to sometimes just, uh, for example, sitting in the morning with a really good coffee. And I am a huge fan of coffee. <laughs> drinking too much of it. But um, just to sit down and think. I'm uh, a big fan of journaling things, like writing things down. I have like a very, let's say, active brain. And as soon as I'm, some kind of idea or thought pops up 
to my head, I write it down. And I do it a lot. So I already have like you know, three kind of three books full with notes. And from time to time, I'll watch it to them and think, okay, can I use it for anything? Can I use it for the ring? Can I use it for a promo? Can I use it for a general idea? That's a very big hobby of mine. I, um, I mean, like working out is, is an obvious thing, but I think even like what I do workout wise, besides of the normal thing of lifting weights, I do a lot of mobility. I, uh, I really was working on perfecting bridges because I think that's a big part, uh, that allows me to be as mobile and as flowing in the ring as possible. If it makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, that's that's basically it. I mean, like, I really try to get inspiration, try to get inspiration as much as possible from, right? It, to, for example, mention like a like an example. I'm like a huge anime nerd, and the reason because, uh, why I take this, for example, as a hobby is that I see myself or see the form I want to be in the ring as like a perfect example of a anime character if it makes sense actually it's funny that you say that because it totally does it it 100 translates like I, when i see anime characters like the ones that are fighting i don't watch a lot of anime but my my vision of them of like my mind you know i see them real intense fighters like they're like in a in an intense fight they're training for fights but they're like they're real intense a lot of those anime characters so that actually does make a lot of sense I mean, you gotta look at that that way. It's also if you compare animes to normal movies, right? In a, in certain scenes, like parts of emotion can get lost because you're focused on so many different things. So the camera in the movie can catch so many different aspects of the scene. But if you look at an anime, it's completely focused because it's it's painted, right? So it's completely focused on one certain scene and one certain emotion because you paint the picture for this scene especially to transport this emotion so there's a pure emotion from scene to scene and i think you can completely use that for wrestling because you want to deliver emotions you want to show emotions you want to create those perfect moments where the people uh, where the people can emotionally connect to so if you think about this from this perspective, that's the ultimate goal to achieve, to focus all the intensity, all the emotion on one point, from point to point, from moment to moment. Oh, man, I love that. that that's so – I love when I hear stuff like that. It's someone thinking about wrestling just on a different level, you know, on, on, on and, and not better or worse than others, but just like – on a different level where it's like, I don't, I've done 140 episodes or something of this show. And I've never once heard someone, even all the anime people who come on the show that love anime, I've never once heard that comparison. And I think that's brilliant what you're saying. I think, but this makes total sense because the people who love anime love emotions too. Like if we like, if we really like something in our life, if it is a hobby or a passion or whatever, we have an emotional connection to this, right? Yep. So, if you're emotionally invested into something, you gotta you gotta stick to that. You gotta feel something, and this is probably my my major goal when I think about my performances. When I think about how I how I want my life to be, is I want to feel something, and I think this is the major reason why I can go that intense in the ring, why I can. Uh, always doesn't matter how i feel and i'm tired a lot of days like desperately tired um but i can always bring that energy because every time i perform i feel something and if you feel something if you think about that like being like this emotional connection the major reason why you do something you understand how maybe the audience sees that and if you don't bring that energy and if you don't get them emotionally invested I think you will never get ever get this crowd's connection you want to achieve as a performer. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that I think that not enough people 
I don't know. Not enough wrestlers look at it like that way at, 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 at certain times. Like I think that that what you're saying right there is so smart, and it's why I connect with you as a wrestler because I you are looking at it on that level, and I think that that is ultimately like what people want out of this. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the right point. I mean, like this business is. I don't know how to say it. I think it is competitive uh, for no for no reason sometimes, and it is a lot of pressure for no reason sometimes. Because I think, like uh, me, for example, I don't feel like I'm in the competition at what I'm doing because uh, it's not like you really can get better at, than anyone. It's really about dig deep and find something inside yourself. What's the thing you do better than anybody else? It's the thing you have uh, to offer that you are different towards anybody else. Something unique, something uh, something people can connect to. For me, it, it is my intensity. It is, it is my, my passion. And as soon as I realized it, I put all my strengths into that. Not thinking about whatever anybody else has to offer. I put all my all my life into this into these skills i mean like of course i can't do everything on this world but nobody's perfect yeah but nobody cares about perfect people because if you're somebody's perfect it's kind of like not natural <laughs> you gotta have this flaws you gotta have something that uh this like despite being not per not into that perfection and i think like what i have is if i make it shine that much how I think I did and how I will still do it. That's how the, what will elevate me. Huh? And especially what this uh, business requires is not only the, the performance in the ring. It's not only like just get into the ring and get better at your, at your skills. Again, like I think just to sit down and think is very underrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's incredibly underrated. I think that also not everyone wants to sit there and get introspective or think about those types of things. That's just not where their head goes immediately. Um, it's just different types of people, you know, because I'm, I'm similar where I have to write things down to or I just need to get it out of me in some way or, or think introspectively. But not everyone necessarily wants to be doing that, I don't think. I mean, because it's, it's because it's not automatically and uh, immediately that gives you the benefit. It can be very boring sometimes, but it's the same uh, same topic with everything. Like I think everything that matters in the long term is boring and exhausting and sometimes even lonely in the in betweens. It is definitely like that because I, sometimes I think that people get the impression that everything what you have what you want to have that is exciting. It's like exciting in the whole work process. But the work process itself is long. And like I said, like it's exhausting, it's lonely. And you don't get like the immediate value from that. Like, right, maybe at one day, maybe not on the second, but maybe the third, you have a small idea and you just keep go you just keep going because I mean I, I can't do things when I'm not into that thought. I can't do things when I don't take a longer time. Think about that. Think about the different perspectives of that. It's even like the things I do in the ring. Like, before I do something, I think about it, and I think about it from different perspectives. So, the forearm smash on the ground of the opponent was a longer thought process. Is it possible to... What, what is different to anybody else? Is it absolutely simple, and I can do to anybody. Right? Yep. And uh, the major inspiration I got from that was Dan Henderson. I just saw a recent, I, I just saw a clip, right? How he was landing on this thing. And that was the major inspiration for that thought. I, I, I mean, and then I just transformed it. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's so good that you get inspiration from all these different things. I think that like you have to, in order to be uh, an engaging performer, I think in wrestling, like take all these inspirations from just different things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about simplicity. Sometimes it's just like small ideas that you convert in the in your own personal way. And it's also a lot about just failing. I mean, like, again, 
thinking is underrated and trying is even more underrated. Because everybody wants to be like perfect at something like right immediately, like having the having the answer right now. But I am very comfortable uh, trying things and uh, really stuck at the beginning because that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I actually, you know, I was watching a documentary on you, and it was one made by WXW years ago. Uh, yeah. They made a documentary on you that they put on YouTube. And in it, you said something that I found super interesting, and I'm kind of wondering if it's something that you still kind of abide by, where you were talking about how you don't make goals for yourself because you kind of want to just live in the moment. Is that something that you still do? You're not really making goals for yourself? It's really interesting that, that you saw that. It was a very, uh, very beautiful documentary. It was great. I, I thought the guys to the top, my home promotion in Germany made a very good job. And actually, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because it's the same. Like I said, like I said, I said about uh, this business, if I wouldn't feel something when I do this, I wouldn't do this. No way. Not, not for the fame or whatever. And it's still the case. I never stopped myself with goals. I just, I kept doing what I do like for so long because I always felt something. And as long as I felt something, I kept going. And sometimes, somehow it went better and better and better and better for me. Because I just kept going. doesn't matter how exhausting it was in between. And it was it's something everybody knows who is in this business. It, it's sometimes not fun. But uh, I don't stop myself with goals. Because it's like, also like something everybody says. It's about the journey. And uh, if I only focus on goals, then I would feel very empty when I achieve that goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because if I, open, if I keep myself open and don't stop myself with goals, there are probably a lot of things will happen that are totally happen unexpected for me. It's the biggest surprise. Yeah, that's, you know, that's why I found it so interesting when I was watching that documentary because... I don't think that that's typically something you hear from people. Usually it's like, got to set goals, achieve these goals. That's happiness. And when I heard you say that, it did kind of open my mind a little bit where I was like, maybe it is unhealthy to focus so heavily on achieving this goal rather than just focus on living in the moment and, and taking that journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you got to think about why do you need to have goals? Why, what is the purpose of that? I mean, like, I think even today, there's a lot of creativity you need to be good at wrestling. That's what I believe in. You gotta have a lot of creativity. You gotta be, see things from different perspectives, and you gotta somehow find yourself too. So you gotta also question why you need to do certain things. People say you need to do them. Maybe you can do them in a different way. And then you got to try to do them in a different way. So the point I want to make is people get stuck on setting themselves goals because they feel like they have more value when they achieve it. But I think I have a lot more value to my life. I have a, more, a lot more happiness to my life when I'm free. And when I decide I don't want to have any goals and I still deliver my performance, and I still have my happiness and I still have my creativity and stand out as a performer. I don't know what I did wrong. Yeah. You didn't do anything wrong. If anything, the goal was to live and that's what you're doing. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the biggest point. Like just live, live, <laughs> be a human, like be a, be, be vulnerable, be, be something people can connect to people that people can understand because if you're not following every rule and you're burnable and you and you show how you feel pain, that's what I do in the ring a lot um, because I know this feeling very well. That's something people can connect to because every single person in the audience probably felt pain somewhere in their life. Yep. Yeah. And every person wants to conquer that pain and overcome that pain. And that's actually my formula. That formula. That's what I do every single time. And that's the reason why I think a big amount of the audience uh, connects with me very well because that's what they want to do too. They want to overcome their pain. 
Well, speaking of overcoming pain, you know, I in that documentary I watched, I found it wild that, you know, you kind of like your upbringing about how you had to, you know, leave Russia, go to Germany and, you know, not speak the language. Uh, I can't imagine what that was like as a kid. I was like, um, I mean, like, it's kind of like being in a different world. I mean, like, uh, from, uh, I don't see it like as a hard path or something like that. And I don't want to call it that way because all these things just, uh, just made me the person I am today. And I wouldn't ever, of course, I would doubt myself and on the in-betweens sometimes, but I wouldn't change myself. I don't want, wouldn't ever want to be like somebody else. I'm totally in peace with myself and uh, appreciate what I do and the person and appreciate the person I am. But like, uh, of course, it's uh, it's a uh, it's hard. I mean, like if you come into a new country, you can't speak the language. Uh, my mom was a teacher in Russia, but her degrees and diplomas weren't accepted in Germany, for example. So she not needed to start all over again the university doing a job on the side too. So the most part of my life, I saw my mother very, very tired, sitting at her work table and working through nights and still doing her best to, well, just uh, support, support the child. So uh, I had a very caring grandfather who followed us to Germany too. So he took like the responsibility for me for the most part of, of the time while my mother was working or studying. So it was just like a, a life where you don't have any other option than to work hard and uh, going through pain and going through fatigue and uh, being exhausted. And that's uh, what I saw for a long time in my life. I mean, like, I think to, to get financially stable took my mother, like, probably until I was 17. Oof. And how old were you when you moved to Germany? Five. Five. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, when I was watching that documentary, you were talking about how like there were times you couldn't even afford like a chocolate bar or something like that, and it was like, man, that's... Well, that was a big moment. Yeah, it was a big moment. Also, this this is a moment I remember a lot of times in my life, and I uh, appreciate you bringing that up because I'm a very minimalistic person. I can enjoy a lot. And the next thing that is very underrated is appreciation. A lot, also something a lot of people preach, but to preach something and to feel something and to execute something is a different thing. Like if I get a good coffee, I gotta appreciate everything out of it. If I get like, uh, if I eat like a random chocolate bar which tastes very well, I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it and I feel it. And it's a lot about um, things in general life that we pay attention, like you said, for setting goals. We see ourselves in these high positions and all big achievements, but we don't see ourselves in the small things in life. But the small things in life are sometimes all we have. And I mean, all the achievements, all everything will go. But all those moments you actively feel and you enjoy and you... If you live like from this moment to the next moment, then you feel every single one of those moments. You gotta have a fulfilled life. So you have a you have a kid yourself now, right? Yeah, I do. I do. A six year old. Do you do you try to spoil your kids since you know you didn't have as much, or do you try to kind of instill that that minimalistic thought process on them? Okay, so uh, my son Constantine does definitely have. <laughs> Has more than I did, than I did, and I really, I mean, like, sometimes when we just go, go to the cinema and stuff like this, I gotta randomly go with, with him into, a, like, a toy store and buy him stuff. Like this. I just, he just, like, I just like the, the way he, he smiles after this and how he excited he gets about this. But, of course, I, I always make sure to remind him, like, this is not, like, uh, this is not, like, something that you need to expect. Right, so you got to see the perspective. There are children who have less than you, so I appreciate it. But I, I, I really can't complain because I think I got like naturally a very a child that appreciates a lot and is very happy about a lot of small things. Good. Well, that's nice. Uh, that doesn't always happen with every kid, so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you still have family in Russia at all, or are they all not in Russia anymore? 
No, no, I think I think the only person who lives still in Russia is my father. So your your dad is still in Russia. Yeah, he is still in Russia. Do you have a relationship with him? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, not as much as with my mother, but uh, still kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I mean, I when have you? Can you even? When's the last time you been to Russia? When you were a oh, kid, this is like a long time. I think, yeah, I think I was like when we moved from Russia to Germany. I was after that. I was maybe two times in Russia. The last time when I was ten, I guess. Okay. Oh, so it's yeah. So it's definitely been a long time then. Yeah, a very long time. Yeah, very. So when does wrestling enter your life, either as a fan or as a profession? I mean, like wrestling came very unexpectedly to my life because I was not like um. Compared to a lot of people, I was not like a fan since my childhood. Everything basically started like with with backyard stuff, somewhere close to my to my hometown. And um, when I started all of that, there was no real pro scene in Germany. It was kind of like developing, it was kind of growing and getting more and more and more into that because Germany is like no known more for different kinds of sports. Like, uh, football is the biggest thing there, as we all know. But, like, wrestling was still kind of, like, developing. And what year is and, this um, that you're doing the backyard stuff? It was probably somewhere around 2010. Okay. I think. Mm -hmm. I'm very bad with it. I'm very bad with dates. I, I know that my debut in Germany was 2012, like, April 2012. And before that, I had, like, one year or two years of training. But since 2012, I started to get into the ring in Germany. And so you were you training before you were doing like the backyard type stuff? No, I like I started the backyard stuff. Then it somehow came up to the, the, the German pro uh, opened up a, a rescue school in Dresden in my hometown. And this it was the time where we really started to have have a real professional training. Like from a from a real pro in Germany, and uh, there I did my the most part of my background education before I went like to have my, like my first professional wrestling match. And wh how after when does WXW enter the picture? Uh, very close, very close. It was like actually uh, GWF in Berlin was my first promotion I wrestled for, and WXW uh, started. Like my work at WCW started like 2013, like one year after my debut. Because I feel like I, WXW had to have been massively uh, important to your growth. Because I mean, that's that's really when I had started, her, you know, started hearing of you was with the work you were doing there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is like my home promotion. I I have a lot of appreciation for every single person there. Like this promotion was the time where I completely made myself. Like uh, the promote all my matches I had there, I I grew as a person there. I grew as a performer there. I learned a lot of stuff there. Met a lot of people there. Uh, I think through my work with WXW, I had my first bookings outside in the UK, uh, and from there, like uh, probably like my first booking uh, in the states. So everything I think uh, all my big moments where all my first big moments were in WXW. I, I, I like that WXW gets the appreciation that it deserves because I really do think that even though there might have been other promotions out there, uh, it did kind of put Germany on the map when it came to you know professional wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like there, there were so many big names in WXW over the years. WXW itself like progressed so well. It like... When I came into WCW, it, it grew like year per year per year. And the way a lot of names, like, uh, especially like if you talk about the big, like, the biggest tournament in Europe, like, uh, 16 karat gold, there was always like a big, uh, a big event where a lot of eyes were focused on. And I competed on that, on those two. And, uh, there were the possibilities to get to know, like, talent from the States, talent from the UK, talent from all across Europe. And it was just impossible for me to not get better in this environment. <laughs> I, what, what was the first U.S. promotion that you wrestled for? 
PWG. That's what I thought because I, I saw you at PWG and I, th I felt like that might have been one of the early ones. Yes, PWG was probably the... Uh, oh, it was the only elite promotion I, I did before I got signed. That's what I thought because, yeah, I, I remembered seeing you at PWG and I didn't think I saw you do a lot of other ones. No, no, it was literally the only one I did before I got signed. And you got to, if I recall correctly, you were in the the, the Legion Hall too, not the the other place, right? Oh, I I don't know about the oh yeah, no about the in the classical. I think it was in the Legion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I you were so. you were in the so. no no you were in the small Legion Hall. I remember you weren't in the bigger nicer place. Oh, still it was it was a beautiful place. I I really like to think about this, especially like as my first as my only appearance outside of WWE in the states. It was a uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, like, it was a highlight for me. I feel I feel honored that I got to see your only in the U.S. Uh, matches out here. That's awesome. Oh, you did, actually? You were there? Oh, I was there, yeah. I go to PWG. Well, I've, oh. I've fallen off a little bit, but the Reseda ones, I was at every single one of those. Oh, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So was WWE always a destination for you? Again, like I said, I, I, no know, I don't have any yeah. goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was, it was after a certain amount of time, I knew for myself this this profession is where where I need to be. Like, um, I think somewhere around 2000, 2018, 2017, 18, I knew. There's not, nothing else I can do better than this. So, and, um, but all the offers that came up, especially like if we look forward to, for example, NXT UK times, I knew this is like the possibilities are there. The whole landscape started to, starts to change. So there are definitely more options for people like me to, to succeed, to succeed because I already knew there like, after my appearance for uh, for PWG, I have something that the people connect to, right? I have something where I stick out, and I think, especially since I see it in this business, you will always have something so different about you. And I knew I can succeed, and I wanted it. So because I pu uh, I pushed my life into this, like ne uh, besides having a family, besides having a, a a regular job, I just invested all my time next to it into, into wrestling and I'm very happy that I succeeded with this because it was I think 2018 and 17 were the most horrible years of my life I guess. really yes why yes just physical physical wise because I think in this in those two years I changed uh, my body composition like I did a very rough diet because I really want to look as lean and as good as possible for the ring I worked uh, crazy shifts. I am like, I have a diploma as a professional trainer, and I worked after my education as the as the manager of a gym, which was also like kind of a lot of hours I needed to put work into that. Then I had a very young child, a wife, a family life I needed somehow to manage, and then every weekend, nearly every every other weekend, I was wrestling. Yeah, that's so, a lot. Those years had no next to none of recovery time for me. Yeah, that's that's a lot to stack on one person at once, but at least it paid off. Like you clearly it clearly worked out. And that's I think that's what's most important. I don't want to miss those years actually, because I think also sometimes it's also something obvious, but um people Keep forgetting that is um, if it's not hard and if it's not there, if there is no struggle, there is no meaning, right? Yep. I mean, like I always felt like if I can push through those times, if if I can, if I can push through those times and just make it to just to just do one step after another and and to never give up, it's it's gonna be worth it, and. Uh, I know I I saw myself like having a chance, and I know like about, I know very well that my weakness is like uh, compared to a lot of others in this business. I'm not the tallest, I'm not the biggest person, but I know I have this 
skill of the untouchable fighting spirit. Nobody has this fighting spirit like I do. And if I, if this is something natural to me and I can push it in my own life and I can go step after step after step and just do not give up and just keep going, everything will make sense at the end. And without a struggle, I use, I, my, the perfect thought in my mind is like, especially as a baby face in this business, without a struggle, you will not connect to people. Yep. Yep. And I think that's why your program or your feuds or your, your time with Gunther, Walter, whatever you want to call him from whatever period in time it was, I think that's why you guys worked so well together because he is the definition of pain. He's like walking pain for everybody. And I think that your whole thing is like overcoming pain. So I think that watching you just take the pain and keep coming back is why it, it, it resonated with people so much and the brutality in it as well in the match that you guys have. But I think that 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 is very evident when you two are wrestling with each other. Absolutely. I mean, like, those those matches sort of more than any, anything else. You, you said it right. I mean, like, I would agree that he is pain because I think I am pain because I'm the person who's overcoming it every single time. It's not about the person delivering it. It's not the person who, who brings it. It's about the person who endures it and overcomes it. This person can define themselves as pain. And, I, and pain is, I mean, I, I said it in a, probably one of, uh, one of my promos already once, like, Pain is my friend. Like when I talked about the most horrible years in my life, just physical wise, I I still don't want to change the thing, and I I know there will be there, there will be other year years who were who uh, where those years going to be horrible and uh, and exhausting and mentally painful too. Like, um, but if I can take all those all this pain and and. Uh, Put it into the ring, like putting color on a canvas and painting my own picture, creating my own art, which is wrestling for me. Wrestling is an is an art for me. Then, I mean, I do something probably in a way that nobody else can ever do. It. Absolutely, I, I I do think though that you and Gunther are forever going to be linked together. We will see what the time will tell. <laughs> Uh, how did it feel after you were the one that beat him and, 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 you know, the two of you got so much critical acclaim afterwards? I mean, like, that is a good question. How did it feel? I feel, I feel like, oh, one of the greatest accomplishments to me, like, because you, you're standing in the ring with, uh, with one of the absolute best, like, without any doubts, like, if there's one person who made me into this form I am today, and this impression that ha that people from the audience have about me or or the critics or whatever, whoever, then it was Gunther. Absolutely. No, no one else. Absolutely. No one else. Like this is like that made that makes made the story about me even more deep and even more like uh, connectable. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't think your guys' story is over. I know you, I know you already beat him, but I, there's still a huge audience of people who haven't been exposed to what you guys can do in that ring. And I would love to see it again. I think a lot of people would love to see that again. <laughs> um, so wait, are you living in Florida now? Yes. Yes. I do. Did you have any reservations about moving to the United States at all? What do you say? Did you have any reservations about moving to the United States at all? No, no. Like oh, reservations of which sense? I'm just like I don't know. Like, did you not want to move here? Was there any thought where like you thought about maybe not moving here and and not being in America and continue what you were doing out there? Like at first, I was very much married to my to my cultural European side. So there's a lot of things I enjoy about Europe more than I thought uh, had about the thought of moving to to the states. Uh, but it is it was just a natural next step, I guess, to reach more of my potential to to come over. But in my heart, I'm still an entire European person. So I still think that most American people don't know how good coffee tastes. <laughs> 
uh, I can, I still can't <laughs> can't really get used to the extremely warm weather in Orlando, the warm, humid weather because I need seasons. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you're not going to get those in Orlando at all. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but there's also a lot, of, a lot of good sides about this. I mean, like I, I'm able to to be surrounded by uh, by my profession even more, and it keeps me very, very great. The coffee thing. So, are you you're brewing your own coffee? I imagine you're doing your own. Th- you got one of those fancy I machines. Have, I have a very good coffee machine that actually uh, grinds the beans. Is it the same coffee machine that I? Uh, one of the like a similar type of coffee machine I have in Germany. But I'm very, like, everything in life can be art, you know? Everything in life can have a soul. Everything. Everything. Like, even, like, this conversation, if you if you have interesting questions. Like, I think no person is boring. I think really? if you, if, a per, if you think a person is boring, you don't ask the right questions. <laughs> totally. You don't dig deep enough. <laughs> dig deep enough. So, it's the same with everything. I mean, even, like, coffee. You can get a coffee just, like, I don't know, from... Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and I tried it, and it doesn't taste well for me. But if you have a coffee where you know where the bees coming from, and this machine grinds those beans, and the, everything is pure about the product that ca- that comes out, you just feel like it has a soul. And for me, like even like small things like coffee is an art. Are you seeking out like fancy beans and stuff? I actually have like some fancy beans, like probably for right now from a Costa Rica blend, I guess. All but, right. Uh, I tried, I tried different stuff. Like sometimes I would find something in, in different stores and I see something uh, which comes from originally from those countries that are written on the product. I'm definitely going to try that. I try, to, I try a lot of different things to stay just naturally create. I just got back from my honeymoon a few weeks ago and they had uh, I, I, in my room for a week, we had one of those fancy coffee machines and I never really got to mess with ones before the the kind that grinds the beans for you like you were saying uh and Great. it really is fun to make coffee with those like i at first i was like oh, i'm just gonna go get the coffee that they have over there and then i was like nah man i'm gonna like really craft these these coffees every morning and put my put my effort into it and yeah when you drink those coffees it does make a difference absolutely and if you said it the right way you got to put effort into this like yes. effort is the is the point because to experience new good things in life, to, 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 to get great ideas, to get out of your shell and try new things. You just have, you need to have the courage and have the energy to put in more effort, which is uncomfortable because you get, you get tired and sometimes you don't, you're not sure what you're doing, but try and think a different way and to just experience new things in life and get new inspiration from that and get new moments that you can, look back onto and say like, Hey, I did something else. I did something different. Since we're talking about non wrestling things here for a second, I want, I want to ask one thing and then I got to wrap things up afterwards. But if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Probably being anonymous on the internet, at least like, Having the real names sometimes. I like that. I like that a lot. Because <laughs> I yeah, also think, I think if I had Twitter, if it with this new verification things they're doing there and stuff, I feel like you should have to have your actual name on there and your face. Like I don't like anonymous accounts whatsoever at all. That's true because it's just too easy to insult people uh, by a different name with having no picture at all i think if you social media make it made it like a lot easier for people to be disrespectful and to stand up or take responsibility for what they're saying i mean like at the end of the day it doesn't matter because even like in normal conversations you will not always have a person who agrees with you or likes you or whatever that is totally normal um but uh taking responsibility and standing your ground, like honest for your opinion, if you want to insult someone, it would much rather happen in a real conversation. Yeah, that's why people say to me, like, "Oh, you're you're so nice to people," or you know, like you don't want to tell the truth. And I'm like, no, I just prefer to talk about the things that I like that someone did 
rather than criticizing things I don't like because what's that going to gain me? Like, I'd, I would rather have a conversation. If I'm going to talk to someone in real life, like, I would never sit there and just criticize their work like people do on the internet. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm much more focused on, like, the things that I enjoy than the things I don't enjoy on the internet. Wonderful. I, that's a good state of mind. But I, I mean, like, you got to accept the way it is sometimes. And me, for example, I know totally way coming back to wrestling in my work. I'm so extreme on certain things. If you look at my, uh, my facial expressions, how I move in the ring, how I move my body, how I, how I uh, react to pain, how my expressive, my characters with the whole orchestra thing from the entrance and everything. Everything is kind of very close to over the top. But some people, there are two categories of people. I think one people, uh, one side of people who, who think that I completely suck, like who don't like what I do at all. They, they can't connect to me. They don't like the way I do things. They can't see anything in, in there. And there are those people who really, really enjoy like the intensity, the the way how much I let myself go completely. They see something like cool in that, and like something they can connect to and rely on, and be like, "Oh yeah, this guy's going all in." And you've got to need to have those both sides because if everybody thinks you're good, like that's not interesting at all. Then the, you you're not polarizing. And me as a person, I want to have those people uh, talking about me because there's one side of people who thinks everything I do sucks and the, the other side of people who thinks like, everything is great, those people will get into a discussion and it's going to create heat and it's going to create some kind of publicity. So people are still interested into me. If everybody would, be, would like what I do, nobody would really be interested into me, if it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I think that... It's kind of like they say that that haters are are a necessary thing, unfortunately, because you just you know it means you're doing something. You're polarizing your your people are paying attention to what you're doing. You know, do you do you read social media stuff? Because you don't post a lot on social media out of character or anything. So, do, are you reading both sides of those coins? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Is it because? important to Why you I? yeah i mean that, that's what i would think to me it's important to read the criticism because i can filter through what i think is actually important yeah i think so too as to say i i think it, it, this is the smartest uh, uh the smartest way you can do this because at the end of the day i think a lot of some pizza sometimes people have very smart opinions like sometimes i read something i, I think about yeah maybe that's true Maybe I can improve on that. Maybe I can do something different on that side. Maybe I can see a certain way all a lot of comments go. Like I can even prove if some some ideas I have for my performances work that way. If a certain thought comes up into a in a certain comment, I see nice like my idea, my my vision of it. It's it uh, it clicked. It connected with the people. And that's the best way I can do. Like social media is a big plus for me because I can read all a lot of reactions like automatically. So even sometimes when it's just about me, like I uh, want to have a laugh because <laughs> there's some rude comments that I think is very funny for me because I feel very comfortable in my skin, for example. <laughs> but, um, even just for, to to get an approval for my work, of course there are people there are other people where I get my approval from, but. Um, uh, like in the business, but uh, some kind of approval just from the from the fan side is definitely important. So yes, I read it. What about from the business side? Who do you go to for for that? I mean, like um, I have a, I have some very very good friends in uh, in the business. For example, like uh, Oro Menza from NXT is a very good, very, very good friend of mine, like, who I know, like, since NXT UK days. Like, he's a, he's a guy, like, I always come up to and talk, like, a bit more deeper about certain things. Um, and besides that, I mean, like, of course, like, the people who run the place, like, uh, if I want to have an approval for work, I'm definitely going to ask uh, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so, they're, they're the people who I think are the people I need to, to go to to know, okay, what I do, it makes sense. I can continue the way I do this and uh, play 
around with my ideas, to continue to play around with my ideas and be the person I am. And so now everything worked very well for me. I love it. Well, dude, I normally have a finishing thing here, but I, I'm so interested in how introspective and deep that you're able to get that I'll save this for the next time I see you. So uh, just really wanted to say you're killing it. Uh, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I'm on the side of who's a, of the people who are a big fan of everything that you're doing. Um, I, and I look forward to when you're eventually on the main roster. I know you don't set goals for yourself, but I do think that hopefully, I, I do hope that it happens in the near future because I think that uh, when you're exposed to that bigger audience, people are just going to go crazy for you. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed the conversation with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Peace. All right, that was my conversation with Ilya Dragunov. What a cool dude. Uh, I think that that guy looks at the world differently than most, and I love it. I love it. I said it when I was interviewing him. He's one of my favorite in-ring wrestlers just because he's so intense. Guy is intense at all times. So to see him be a little less intense here and hear him talk out of character was a real treat for me as someone who enjoys his work a lot. All right, before we get out of here, a little bit of shilling. Make sure you're following at WWE on Fox on social media. I was going to say Twitter, but it's X now, right? X, Facebook, uh, Instagram, threads, TikTok. I don't know if I said that one already. We're on all of them. We're, we're on X, Twitter, whatever. We're on all of them. So make sure you're following us there to stay up to date on everything that we have going on here at WWE on Fox. And also, if you're listening to the audio version of this show, make sure that you go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Ron SmackDown. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday. That's where you can find YouTube shorts, a community page, and so much more. So make sure if you're watching this, or if you're, excuse me, if you're listening to this, that you go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. And if you're watching this, now I'm going to get to you watchers. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Out of Character podcast feed as well so that you're also not missing out on the Raw and SmackDown roundups that I'm doing after each episode of those shows as well. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been Out of Character.